This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And then uh, the news breaks, and uh, I get a couple texts from, you know, haters that got my number. That They're my friends, but they're haters. They got, they got big hater energy, so they want to hit me with updates as if I'm not getting the update right away. And so I say, ooh, Kyrie traded? Who'd we get back? And my initial thought is, who we get back? Luca? On the last episode, can we do Luca straight up? <laughs> I knew we weren't getting Luca, But it was a pleasant surprise to see the tech guy with a jumper coming back because all you hear me talk about is, we can't get Karis LeVert back. We can't get Jared Allen back. We, I don't want D'Lo back, but I know some Nets fans do. We can't get our old guys back. It's done. It's in the past. Move on. We've seen him come here and kill us. So I was like, cool. But you need more. I need more. That's Kyrie Irving. He's an all-star. He's all-world. I need more. Okay, Dorian Finney-Smith. This guy, I've seen him actually do work against the Nets. Finney-Smith isn't bad. All right, and you know, another 3 and D wing. I know, what we're, I know what we're doing here. What else, though? Oh, no other players' picks. And then I saw the rounds of the picks and the years, and those picks, them picks, they don't mean anything to me. But then I started thinking, hey, all right, let – Sean Cook, maybe there's more to this. Maybe there's going to be more coming. And uh, even if they keep these two pieces, good for Jacques Vaughn. You had to trade Kyrie Irving right now. He had no value in the summer. And the dude had become such a pain in the ass to the point where it's like, this last surprise was the last surprise. Fool me once, twice. Fool me about seven different times. You had to make a business decision. The fans booed him on screen last night at Barclays Center. They made a move, and they got some value for one player who really, in my opinion, the regular season highlights are fantastic. They're fun to watch. But they really didn't lose anything besides someone that brought a ton of distractions, a ton of negative headlines, and it officially ends the KD Kyrie era. So no more of the talk of uh, them as a package deal. At some point, you can't live on hope anymore. And now we're living in the actual reality of the future, Robin. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use our words. Uh, you said reality. Uh, I'm going to start with relief before I get to retool and rebuild because those are the, the two right. choices I think that you got. Right. You mentioned Kyrie getting booed. I found that interesting just because through everything else, he hadn't been booed. You know, like when they announced him at the games, he hasn't been booed. He, he didn't get vaccinated, wasn't with the team, still got cheered. He posted the link, said what he said, he still got cheered. He got booed for this because he committed like a sports sin in this case. The sports sin of, of quitting on the team. He, he, you know, it was just, I don't know, 10 days ago, Kyrie was saying this was different than last year because they didn't have anybody who wasn't all in in the locker room and how he could never leave seven alone and, and all that stuff. And then... All of a sudden, he requests a trade unbeknownst to the rest of his teammates from all the reporting, like a, a, a you know, a real grenade tossed into what had otherwise been a promising season once he actually got back. And I guess he thought, you know, six to eight weeks of good behavior is enough to, for a four year commitment. But I, I think the, the operative R word to start with is relief. I think Nets fans are a lot of them 
are feeling relief today. People want to joke and call it a failure and all that. And we'll get to all that. And some of it's fair, some of it's over the top. But whatever the case may be, it has been exhausting dealing with, with Kyrie Irving. It's a cycle, right? It's like, this guy's the most skilled player I've ever seen. To He's a distraction. We're better without him. To, oh, my God, Kyrie's so nice. To get him off the team. I can't believe he did this again. You know, and, and it's just exhausting to deal with. So to no longer have to deal with that is promising. Whether that means they're better tomorrow or whether that means they're better down the road. Now you have to get to the point of, are you retooling or are you rebuilding? Obviously, rebuilding means the end of Kevin Durant's time here. This feels like a retooling move right now to bring in Spencer Dinwiddie, who's got length, who who can shoot the three, who can create a little bit. And I'm more excited for Dorian Finney-Smith, you know, a 3 and D wing, a guy that can help them defend in specific matchups. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, you know, that's the kind of guy you put on those players. And then whatever else can come of this before the trade deadline, because I do think there is a, an opportunity here. You, you say the, the picks and everything like that. Well, those picks matter as capital for, for trades. I mean, yes, they could matter for the Nets as far as 2029 and if the Mavs are bad and that being a potential lottery pick. But if you're going the retool route, you always have the rebuild route in your back pocket. And, and a KD trade, a hypothetical KD trade, would recoup a lot of draft picks. I think the move right now is to take those draft picks, go shopping to make this team better than it is right now. Because even on uh, on paper right now, it's a very uh, deep team. It just depends on, on Kevin Durant's buy-in. And I'm hopeful, uh, given the way he's played this season, given the things he said, that he's going to come back in, lock in for the rest of the season. We'll deal with the rest in the summer. But a- as someone who's followed this very closely, I feel a, a sense of relief that that you know, black cloud, you know, I know the reference is, is a little old now, but Wiley Coyote used to move and a little black cloud would follow him, that that black cloud is, is no longer over the Barclays Center. Amen. 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 Happy Sunday, everybody. Yeah. And I'll stick with the R words. I'll stick with reality. And it seems to me that there's a lot of, whether they're Nets fans or Kyrie stands or whomever on Twitter, who are a little out of touch with reality. The way that these superstar trades work is there are situations where you can recoup a lot of value. Rudy Gobert put the team that he was on previously in a good position to recoup value. Kyrie Irving did not. So those comparisons are a little out of the water. The Nets, with a Kyrie Irving who it seemed was committed after reporting came out to not playing for the Nets until a trade happened or he was able to go elsewhere in free agency, that is a very easy easy, uh, item for other teams to trade for. It's low value because the Nets need to get rid of him or else they're going to recoup no value for the rest of the season. So right there, the trade value for Kyrie goes down artificially because Kyrie is going to refuse to play for the Nets. This isn't a 2K simulation. He doesn't have to play. And so the Nets went out and they made, I think, in my opinion, the best possible trade that they could have. There was it came down to, it seemed, uh, between the Mavs and the Lakers with a late push by the Clippers there and If you look at the two potential packages, and of course we don't know what the Lakers package would have been, the truth of the matter is that we would not have gotten more value back from any other team than the Mavs. The Mavs were in a great position to give the Nets some value. And I know we'll go around the table and we'll talk about how, you know, it's great to have Spence back. It's great to have a player who shoots 40% from three, still averaging 20. That's not like you're getting nothing. Uh, It's great not to have Russell Westbrook. Dorian Finney-Smith is a lockdown defender. We have draft picks that we can move 
to kind of trim down what is a little bit of a bloated roster at this point to get some more winning pieces. But what I'll say is at the end of the day, I feel a little, and, and this is not, you know, emotions shouldn't come into sports when it's on the business side, but I feel a little betrayed by Kyrie Irving a little bit. You know, we spent years, Keith and I did, being the podcast and the account that was known to defend Kyrie when it came to his leaves of absence or some of his nonsense. We said, you know, at the end of the day, he's home. He's a Jersey kid. He's playing for the team that used to be in Jersey. And he has made a big point out of saying this is home and this is where he foresees him finishing his career. And we almost banked on that a little bit. And now at the end of this era, at the end of a season that started with Kyrie running out in practice in the park and high-fiving all of the Nets fans and personally stopping and talking and saying thank you to Nets fans for bearing with him over the past couple seasons, jump to the anti-Semitism stuff where he seems to make amends and he comes back when Katie goes down and he says, you know, we're a team, we're committed to this project, to after a terrible loss, a terrible loss against the Boston Celtics, losing by 43 points the next day coming in with a trade request to get out of here. It feels like a bit of a betrayal. At the end of the day, that's a little emotional. And Kevin Durant would make fun of me for being too emotional with these things. But there's some sort of an agreement, like a pact that's made between players and fans, especially players who come here and say that they want to be here. And to quit on the team, and I am comfortable using that word, feels disappointing. And I am I am really, truly glad that Sean Marks and Joe Sy were able to get something back for this to put the Nets in a position where, like Robin said, they can retool going forward. I wasn't unmuted. Um, did you hear that? No, this you can just you, talk. <laughs> no, that, did you hear the, the sound? Silence. Of the, did you hear the sound of the Kyrie stands? They're exiting the next world. They're filtering themselves out. They're slowly scuffling and trying to figure out if they want to buy a Kyrie Dallas Mavericks jersey. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. This Nets world has been built. And like you just heard Hudson say, there is betrayal. And that is why you heard fans turn on him. Because we all said, ew, Kyrie, did you just put your contract and your your pride in front of the team right now? We're trying to survive without KD. Ew, bro, are you serious? Nah, you... Wow, you played everybody, I guess. But congratulations, you played yourself. This goes on your 30 for 30. This goes on your ledger. The haters, right? The Kyrie haters, not the stands, but the Kyrie haters that tell you, he's a cancer. He destroys everywhere he goes. The guy's all about himself. He's never going to buy into the team or the organization. They won today. They're having a blessed Sunday. They're like, see, I knew it was only a matter of time. It didn't matter if he's from New Jersey. It didn't matter if he brings his kids to the game. It doesn't matter if he says he wants to be the guy on the court when the Nets get back to the finals. Those are just words. The bottom line is he was trying to finesse the organization closest to his home to give him a max contract that he didn't deserve. 